Live from the Talking Joe Studios, it's Talking Joe with Chief and Chris. Hey, 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 it's me, the sickly chief, joined by you, Christopher McLeod, aka Diagnostic 80 from the Full Force podcast, and Talking Joe, which has now evolved slightly. Yeah, episode 54, we have completed the Marvel run of 155 Real American Heroes, plus 28 special missions, plus yearbooks, and this week we are covering each other in G.I. Joe and Transformers, but we'll come to that when we come to that. Stop saying come. How are you, sir? I'm good, I'm good. I have been watching far too much television recently so i know i kind of put loads of stuff on in the background while i'm working on stuff and i've kind of worked out a way to multitask where i can consume huge amounts of television and at the same time get stuff done uh i'm not sure if that's a good thing or not and now i i think (laughs) so i hadn't seen the tv series dexter before and i thought well i've watched literally everything else on netflix i might as well see what it's like i'm already into season six and that was was about i don't know two three weeks ago i'm pretty sure last week when we were discussing mandalorian you like i like the fact that it's only one episode a week and you don't binge it no 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 yeah but i do like that and it was because i'd already said to you i'd conditioned myself to binge like right. in that conversation i even said like i'm guilty of that like I, I i binge stuff so the mandalorian is what i like about it is the fact that it it stops me from doing that and it kind of makes me like really enjoy it it's like eating like i eat so f- fast that i don't enjoy anything so when i slow that f- down it's like oh yeah this tastes like things so um it's just like that i'm just t- i'm starting to taste television with the mandalorian yeah so how are you finding Dexter? It's all right. I think I'm, I'm watching it now more because it's just a habit thing in the background. It's not, it, you know, it's sometimes it's really cool. I mean, there was an amazing twist on one of the episodes I just watched. But other than that, you know, it's very formulaic. It's, you know, it's kind of, it's all right. I don't know, but, you know, it's it's all right. And I've just watched six seasons of it in a row. Yes. Isn't that yes. crazy? Well, yeah. what, uh, have you seen it before? Um, maybe watched episode one, possibly around the time it came out and did not go any further. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So there you go. Fair enough. I've also been watching other things too. Yeah. (laughs) And that's somehow, uh, I just, well, it's just everything. Any, like I've literally since getting Disney plus, I have rinsed through the entire X-Men cartoon, Blooming DuckTales, just everything, man. There's so much on all the movies. I went, I went like a Marvel binge of films. I even like started watching. What was interesting is I started watching all the film, the Star Wars movies I enjoy on there too, and then realised Solo isn't even on there yet, and it's because it's still on Netflix. And I'm like, oh, man, wow. that is like some weird. You know, they own that outright, yet there it is on Netflix and not even on their own platform. Seems yep. weird, but anyway. Yep. Anyway, what have you been up to, mate? Getting ill again is what I've mainly oh, been man, up to. You are made of AIDS. So I was ill on the last pod, and then over the weekend I got better. Went back to work on Monday and then came down yesterday evening, Monday evening, with kind of lurgy again, and I've had it all day today, so... You sound very, very sick right now on this recording. I am definitely putting on some Barry White. I feel like Barry White at the moment. We got it together, didn't we? We've definitely got our thing together, don't we? 
not because he was ill, but because he had a deep voice. Oh, I thought um, because because you're also the, a walrus of love. He was the walrus of love, and his uh, band was called Barry White with Love Unlimited <laughs> and the Love Unlimited Orchestra. Yeah, he's got double Love Unlimited. Lots I of mean, love. Lots of love yeah. going on there. Yeah, lots of love going on there. But, um, <laughs> apart from that, I have been doing some retro gaming. I'm retro gaming. That's what I'm playing. So don't be shaming, because then you'll be failing. Nintendo Power, not in the shower. Sega for the ages, ghouls and ghost rages. Atari Jaguar, how did it get that far? Sony Playstations, gave me sensations. And now I have to go and do some retro gaming. I said retro gaming. And I'm out. Yeah, and I have been cracking on again with Comic Zone, uh, which is one of the hardest games I've ever played. Comic I managed, Zone. Yeah, oh, Comic, Comic Zone. Zone. I managed to get to episode four today of six. Nice. I think. Nice. Yeah, I started, so I'm 50% through, and it's so hard and I'm playing it on the Mega Drive Mini which allows you to save your game status but without that I'm saying I wouldn't even got past level 1 episode 1 so doing that and the only other thing I did is not retro gaming but I did buy an Xbox One S digital only console nice in the Black Friday sale and that was I bought it from Microsoft Germany for £85 new and I may well sell it to Mark Seddon because immediately after purchasing, I was like, why have I bought this? I don't even need it. <laughs> I've got so much other gaming to do and other stuff. How much are you selling I, it to him for? Eight grand? Well, yeah, eight grand. So I said, do you want to buy it off me for 85 quid or whatever? And he goes, yeah, I'll probably take it. And now I'm thinking, well, I might not sell it now, actually. The Seddons have been in touch with me to uh, buy all my 90s neon toy collection off them, off me. Um, <laughs> which is weird, because I, I thought they hated it. But they clearly yeah. love it. Everyone listen to me when I say the Seddons love the 90s neon <laughs> and all the crazy action figures out there. That's for you, yeah. Seddons. So, um, so I may well sell it to him. I might not. I haven't decided yet. But... Um, Apart from that, yes, uh, not been doing much. On the retro gaming front, oh, yeah. while we kind of mentioned that. Um, no, but I got a message from Jim Godfrey, uh, who listens to the show, and an amazing customiser and a lovely fella. Yep. He said, he just out of the blue, was like, it sounded on the poddy like you might have given up on Contra 3, right? Well, <laughs> yeah. don't, Christopher. Persist. It's one of those classic games that genuinely rewards you sticking with it, chipping away and learning how to defeat the b- Love it. We hit stage six this weekend. Glorious moment. Climb back on board with us, lad. Thumbs up. So I'm going to climb back on board with uh, with Jim and try and defeat this bad of a level. Not a game, just that first level. Yeah, yeah. Good, 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 good words of wisdom, Jim. Uh, let's kick this boy's into uh, action. So You also said figuring out what the shoulder buttons did was life-changing in a contra <laughs> sense. Obviously. You didn't even know there were shoulder buttons. There were what? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I do want to move on to beverage for the show because I think it's going to help me for the rest of the show. Blah, 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 blah. Beverage for the show. Beverage for the show. Now I am going to go and drink my beverage for the show. So I have got a, um Innocent Super Smoothie Invigorate with kiwi, lime, matcha, cucumber, flaxseed, vitamins B3, B2, B6, and C and E. Blimey. And uh, I'm going to shake that mother up. That's a lot of Bs. Yeah. 
I had to sneak it past the missus to get it in the house. Because <sighs> it's plastic. Have, actually, on that, on that word of plastic, I watched two documentaries as well. This is another thing I did, actually. I watched two documentaries. Uh, one was called Plastic Ocean. Yeah. Uh, on Netflix. What was that about? <laughs> and uh, that basically has reaffirmed my view that, okay, yes, plastic is bad, but it's actually extrapolated out even more to, like, you know, we... The planet will be dead in about a hundred years. Totally. You know, they yeah. are. They were. They were finding dead birds on the beach, cutting the bird open. She put her hand into its stomach, oh. and her hand was just full of all it was was plastic in her hand. That's so messed up. And um, you know, the, the every pretty much every fish in the in the ocean has plastic in it, which then goes into our bodies, and that affects hormones, especially in young children. And eat a lot of estrogen is is deposited. And and you go on about me being a vegan. And Jesus then Christ. and then. I watched. Uh, ben said he watched Game Changers. Yeah, I've seen uh, that, oh, and I watched it. it and yeah. I think I'm going to go vegan. Good, good there man. Go. There you go. So I've got a lot of fish still to eat in the freezer, which is from the Billingsgate fish market. Oh yeah, full of plastic though, full of plastic. So I'll eat all that plastic fish first, and then I think I'm, I might try and go vegan. That should probably level your sound. hormones out, I'd imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Have you tried um, this drink yet? Or so you no. Know, so yeah, let's get on with it. Let's get me feeling better cold straight out of the fridge good 750 mils yeah that's well tasty nice i feel nice. better already i feel about two percent better already i'll tell you what's in it ingredients four pressed grapes no no i've read that wrong i've got my contact lens in instead of my glasses and i can't actually read properly let's try it again four pressed apples i don't oh. know how i read grapes as apples anyway, yeah that's really really weird contact lenses four pressed apples one mashed banana 20 pressed white grapes half nice. a crushed mango half a crushed kiwi, and some squeezed cucumber juice. There you go. I wonder what different squeezed and crushed really do. It's still getting the same f- juice out of it, aren't you? Yeah, that's really nice. Cool. What have you got? Well, you'll be happy to know that, A, it's a glass glassy. Bottle, baby. It's a glassy with a metal top. Yes. Um, now, this has a bit of a story towards it. Now, um, my wife mentioned the other day, she said, have you ever had butter cake? And I was like, what the f- Nuck is butter cake. I've never heard of it in my life. She made some, the vegan version, for over Thanksgiving. Yep. Oh my goodness, it was the most amazing thing I've ever eaten. Okay, so interrupt. Get your missus to write down some good quality oh, vegan sure. recipes. Sure. So when you fling yourself over to the UK, you can pass them on to me. 100% will do that. Okay, continue. Now, so she said, like, you've got to try this butter cake. I'm like, whatever. Sounds like a ridiculous American thing. And it was, but it's also delicious. And it's kind of like, it's really hard to describe. But like, if you imagine like a soft cake-like baked structure in a in a pan in like a tin that's then cut into kind of squares so you kind of like these get these little cubes basically of the cake obviously you can cut it in whatever shape you want but this is how i had it and then it's kind of got these layers of like really thick gooey tasty sugary kind of sweet layers of goo is all i can describe it as it's really weird but my god it tastes incredible anyway so I've, I've been kind of getting through that and putting on about a thousand tons in weight. Yeah. And um, with that said, my folks-in-law were out shopping the other day and they picked me up this drink, which is from XL. It's called Gooey Butter Cake Soda. What the deuce. Exactly. 12 fluid ounces, 354 mils, 170 calories per bottle. <laughs> which is like my daily... calories per bottle? That's yeah, not much. It's my intake for the day. I'm just, I literally just bust the top open with a... 
bottle opener. I'm not sure if you heard that. Let's uh, let's give this a pop. Here we go. Mm. Yeah, you know what that is? Exactly what that is. Liquid buttermilk cake, uh, butter cake. It's um, it's what we used to get delivered um when we were kids. Uh, what's it f- called? Something soda. Cream soda. Cream soda. It is basically a sw- slightly sweeter cream soda. Believe that if you can. Oh, I do believe it. It's that yummy though. Good. It's really yummy. Good stuff. Mm. Uh, what's your? I never give it a ranking. I'm going to give this one an eight out of ten. Cream, cream soda, mate. I haven't had it for ages. I'm going to give it a nostalgic eight point five. Yeah, nice. Always have to go one better, don't you? Or half better. That's fine. Or worse, if I'm feeling like a dick. It's time to talk about G.I. Joe comics with added Transformers. G.I. Joe and Transformers comics, yeah? Yeah, that's it, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's G.I. Joe and Transformer comic talk. Comic talk, oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them cheap and Chris discuss them, whoa. Comic talk, oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them cheap and Chris discuss them whoa. Right, on the slate this week then is the four issue miniseries, as we've already mentioned, G.I. Joe and the Transformers. And this is from January 1987. Correct. So Correct. Just, to put, just to put this in time frame, this was around issue 50, I think, on G.I. Mm. Joe, Real American Hero, and around issue 23 on Correct. the US Transformers. Correct. I have strong feelings about this miniseries. Basically, I'll tell you up front now, my strong feelings about this are it's probably going to go into my top 20 all-time G.I. Joe stories. You are kidding me. No, it's incredible. Unreal. Okay, okay. anyway. We've got, we've back, got we'll come to that later. differing opinions, which let's is come good. To that. Good. Come, I basically, I tweeted, or I, I um, not tweeted, I um, WhatsApped the Seddon boys earlier as I was reading this. And I was like, I'm reading this. This is amazing. And Mark said and tweeted a uh, message back saying, I'd probably give it a three out of ten. Amazing. So, so anyway. I'm not, even, I'm, I'm not against it, but we'll get to that. Okay, let's, anyway, let's, let's do look this. at the covers. Let's look at the covers quickly. Bumblebee. Bumblebee getting blasted. Great cover. Love really it. harsh. Yeah. He's getting well, like nailed by the Joes and all the tanks. Hawk looks really cool on there, and he's got like, a blue jacket. So yep. weird. Hawk looks cool. Issue two. This is um, the Decepticons watching on a kind of video screen. Mm-hmm. Is it Dirge, uh, Bombshell, uh, Ravage, and Shockwave? Possibly. I, I'm not. I, I do like Transformers, and I have all of the IDW Transformers comics, but I'm not a. Let's just of, say of one the of Marvel the version. Heads. I'm not. You're, you're better at you're better at uh, Transformers than me, effectively. Let's just you're say one of the co- one of the Coneheads and one of the Insecticons. Yeah, but that's yeah, fine. Yeah. They're watching some uh, GI Joe cobra battle in the background it's okay it's quite quite you know i like how the sarge looks like he's wearing a pajama excuse me looks like he's wearing his pajamas yeah he is yeah you could you not you could be mistaken for that not thinking that was sergeant Sl- slammer slaughter but yep. it is mutt crankcase and beach header on there as well yep next um, issue three shockwave looks on from the background with some other um, i quite like this one transformers kind of alternates a joe a transformer a joe a transformer uh, yeah it's like it's lots of little heads and shockwave's hands are in there as the, the earth is getting obliterated yeah. i really like it i think yeah. it's really cool and number four this is kind of everyone's just standing around not really doing much yeah just the it's groupings kind of a, yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a bit grouping generic shot. i'm not a fan of this one i think they were all by herb trimpe the cover oh no that was actually by al milgram that cover okay maybe they're all by al milgram but the writer for this series is michael higgins who i've not heard of before uh, herb trimpe is the artist uh yeah vince coletta's on inks and joe rosen's on letters neil yomtov's on colors so 
Do you want to give us the breakdown of what's happening in this story? Mm -hmm. So the Joes have been put in charge of security around Project Alpha, which is like this Power Station Alpha, sorry, Project Power Station Alpha, which is this new, like, world-changing thing that, you know, is, is being developed i should i should say uh, and it's being revealed today now there's a woman called barbara i forget her surname larkin lark thank you barbara larkin or barkin as i'm helen barkin as i'm gonna call her from now on barbs as i call her Bar- babs uh big old barbs she uh, is like basically kind of like the forerunner for this she's been pushing it uh all the way through to get kind of created and and now the joes are basically put in place to kind of protect it so i've got a lot of questions my first one here is this power station alpha thing what's it actually going to do well they for the benefit of mankind they say that it's something to do with like the power that it generates is going to kind of render a lot of things like unnecessary in the future yeah that's basically very it's not like a great explanation but that's all you can really glean from uh from you know from what it is and then effectively the decepticons catch wind of this and they want in on this this power source thing yeah a couple of things i should say actually is when when the when these issues were kind of coming out there was a lot going on in the gi joe and transformers comics of the time and something happens in one of the issues where prime basically is everyone is like everyone explains they're kind of say oh prime has been killed by an assassin yeah i'm like when did that happen and then we're gonna have a funeral in the comics he's killed right in the, the not regular in these run. comics in the not transformers in this one. run yeah, yeah exactly. in the regular transformers comic yeah. so obviously rather than expl- go into lots of detail <clears throat> sorry well rather than going into lots of detail that i figured they just you know expected people who were reading the transformers comics as well yeah. along with this one that was interesting because there was no if you were reading gi joe in american hero you'd have no idea this crossover really existed there was nothing in this crossover that well referenced you're correct the reason being is that it wasn't connected it wasn't this was supposed to be like a separate you like this was basically in the transformers universe but not in the gi joe universe that's how they were approaching it they were keeping gi joe almost in like a what if scenario if you know however they do reference like they say oh when cobra commander died issue 55 so they do reference real american hero i suppose it's referenced in that sense but there's no there's other than oh yeah i suppose that's right but it's not like and they reference also when when mindbender confronts snake eyes he says oh he's not gonna like me because i put him through that brainwave scanner and then at the bottom it says yearbook three yeah but this is not part of the gi joe continuity at the time so it's really i think explanations for those little points that are in there do you know do you know what i mean like you can can still have it you can still have it referencing things even if it's not really part of that continuity it's almost like they they were picking and choosing what they wanted to include you know part of the continuity that kind of stuff i suppose that what i'm getting at is that initially when it was when it was developed and written and, and put out there there was no real intention for it to be connected to the joe universe yeah okay that makes sense so it's it's kind of like a what if for gi joe but it's kind of literally yep. solid in the transformers okay. continuity and and the whole thing like you kind of summed it up nicely there the whole thing just revolves around this power station alpha mm-hmm. and from then on it just goes back crazy and the reason one of the reasons i'm not going to go into too much detail one of the reasons why i say i love it so much is i and this might be different if i'd have read these in a different order now i hadn't read this before today 
but I had I have read the Tom Scioli 13 issue G.I. Joe versus Transformers which came out like three or four years ago yeah and that is that I love that that's in my top 20 comics of all time just all cool. comics cool and this felt very very much like that in that it's just off the wall craziness mm. this doesn't go to the crazy levels that Tom Scioli's series does which is yeah. proper proper back crazy I'd be amazed if he didn't get a lot of ideas or inspiration from this particular series. Oh, totally, yeah. I, I, his his style is very reminiscent of the older comics. He's got that kind of Kirby, Trimpy yeah. vibe going on. But also, I loved the idea of that, um, like his idea of, you know, being playing, like a kid playing with the toys yeah. is was like his idea of what was going on in those comics. And I always thought that was quite a cool uh, angle to kind of come out with the, with the comics. And I really enjoyed his GoBot series as well. Yeah. The last... So like the last couple of issues were a bit disappointing, but like it started really strong that GoBot series. Anyway, yes, I think the difference. I think for me, for me the main difference is if I'd have read this first before reading that Tom Scioli book, I probably wouldn't have liked this as much. Yeah, and sure. I think I think another difference is Tom Scioli's book is intentionally crazy and I don't want to say bad, but intentionally yeah kind of stylistic, stylistic and intentionally hammy dialogue. Yeah. To the point where it's so like that, it's really, really clever and good. Whereas this, I think, is unintentionally bad, <laughs> but so bad that it makes it so good. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Anyway, let's talk about what happens. Or well, some the, of the, stuff the that power happens. station, I just want to kind of r- read this out, um, because this, is, this kind of like covers it nicely if people are confused about what power station alpha is. But it's basically a United States government-funded project. It's a prototype for a revolutionary new kind of solar nuclear power station that is designed to solve the nation's energy shortages, which is kind of what I said, but very basic. <laughs> so there you go. That's, that's yeah. basically what it is. Right. First couple of things I want to talk about, actually it's not the first at all, we've been talking about five minutes, is page one, Hawk's driving in a car and he drives past three dreadnoughts and does nothing. Yep, yeah, noticed that. Okay, anyway. Then <laughs> next couple of pages... Or page two, Hawk is immediately flirting with this woman. Oh God, he is, and I was like, he's got what? it bad for barbs. I was like, what is happening here? Is this like, is this? Am I reading something wrong into this, or is this the writer's style? And later on, this comes into some of the the best bits of this comic is Hawk's uh, lovelornness and just his crestfallen nature when you know he finds out that Barbara is actually a secret double agent and all that kind of stuff. And uh, oh, it's just. It's, it's just phenomenal can stuff. I, can it. I say, I know we're jumping ahead a little bit here, but it's related to Barbara. I enjoyed her character. I thought yep. it was kind of a really cool twist, uh, spoiler alert, when it's revealed that she's in cahoots with Cobra. And yes. I yep. really loved that Didn't see part. that coming. I didn't either. And until, well, the problem was I did see it coming as soon as I got to the page because, annoyingly... They don't put the reveal on the other side of the page, which has always bugged me in comics. Because if I'm looking at the, re- if I'm looking at a page, my periphery, I'll be able to pick information up, and you can spot the Baroness a mile away. Even if you're forcing yourself not to look at it, you can see the Baroness at the bottom of the page. So it's like, I was really annoyed that that wasn't more impactful on me. I'd like as I got to that page, I'm like, oh, she's in coots with Cobra before I'd read it. So it was kind of like annoying to me that that wasn't on the other side of the page i think the best reveals are always when you turn the page for me in comics yeah you know i'll give you that i'll give you that i suppose it depends on like you say layout is is key big time i like i like the um sort of definition of characters here early on optimus prime is kind of he's almost sweet talking a a fragile bumblebee 
Yeah. You know, by saying, you're our best. This will be our little secret. Yeah, now, now, Bumblebee, you know we consider you our master of stealth. Only you have the ability to make yourself unseen. He's doing that thing that all good bosses do, where you go into a into the office to, you know, because you have an, a, a grievance about something, and you go out not having any solution to the grievance, but you feel better about it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And that's what he's done here. I've had a few bosses like that in my time. Dreadnoughts love cutting up chain link fences. They did it almost yep. every issue in G.I. Joe Real American Hero. They're doing it again here. Well, you know, that's their, it's their biggest enemy, the chain link fence. And also, this is a forerunner because I think it's around issue 79, I guess, where Buzzer yeah. cuts up Junkyard. Well, this is predating that by two years, and this time it's Torch trying yeah. to put the uh, cahoots on, on Junkyard. Yeah. From the looks so, of it, your butts are here to be cooked. Ha ha. Yeah. Ralph. <laughs> love it. Love it. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, talking about those um, Optimus Prime and the kind of distinct personalities there, I like the fact that, I guess this was going on, I haven't read those early Transformers issues, but Megatron's talking to Dirge and Bombshell, and um, Dirge says, what is it, your desire, mighty Megatron? And Bombshell's like, yeah, what do you want? I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you want? Yes, yeah, you I, can really hear it, can't you, when he says yeah. it. That's quality. That's quality. And um, later on, Megatron disappears as well. Was he killed as well when Prime was killed? Yeah, they're both taken out okay. during the during this run. I think they reference issue 26, possibly, um, of Transformers when yeah. that happens, yeah. uh, when uh, Optimus Prime dies. But there's no mention of Megatron. It's just that suddenly Shockwave takes over. And so I'd kind of surmised that he'd bit the big one with Prime. I do have to say that I think the Power Station Alpha's design is a bit hokey. And when it transforms into that ship, it just looks like part of like you know when you kind of like you have a toy that you've played with for years and parts of it have broken off and are missing (laughs) it's what it looks like to me just like there's pieces sticking out all over the place yeah so it's a it's an actual power land-based power station and then it turns into it transforms as not it actually transforms as it's that's its mode, if you will. Nothing's happened to it yet from the Decepticons or anything, but because they do yeah. um, enhance it later on. But it's actually built to be almost like a plane as well as a land-based power station. Well, yeah, well, a shuttle because it has to. That's where shuttle. it goes. That's how it. That's how it does the whole nuclear solar power situation. Yeah, you know, it kind yeah. of flies out into the orbit and they, they it flies also, out into orbit and does. They that. also mention that uh, Silverbolt, one of the aerial bots, is actually afraid of heights. Heights. I love that is, about uh, him. Yeah, it's, it's so funny. cool. I have to admit, though. When we first see Superion, well, not the first time we see Superion, but in issue two, the splash page drawing of Superion is really poor. Yeah, that's not ideal. It's just so... I mean, that is like the toy. It's not even as good as the toy. Yeah. But anyway. Confused here. I'm just going back through the issues just trying to work out what happened. There's a big subplot with a kid who gets shot up by Bombshell. And it's a big subplot. And we see him in the hospital and they're pulling something out of his brain. And then he's even towards the end of the last pages of issue four. I was like, this is crazy. I love it. It's just craziness that made no sense to me at all. Yeah. But it's a subplot just because you're following him to see if he's going to be all right. That's the only reason. Why did Bombshell shoot him? It affects Bombshell, doesn't it? Yeah. Why did he shoot him, though? Why does he shoot him? Or what do you mean, why does he implant that thing in his head? Yeah. Uh, He does it to control him. Why does he want to control the kid? To distract, uh, in the first when he first does it, it's to distract the Autobots, aka Bumblebee, right? To react to save the child because he's walking in front of the um, okay of the tracks. So Bumblebee then has to kind of react, and then he create it basically creates the diversion for the Decepticons to get in and steal the Power Station Alpha. Right, right, and then 
I, I guess you probably would, but we know the Autobots are heroes. We know G.I. Joes are heroes. But when Bumblebee transforms, he saved the kid, he's revealed himself. Hawk is basically blow this mother out of the sky. Yeah, this one of the things I really didn't like about it. comes off as it. brutal. Yeah, I, I, I kind of I thought that it was a weird response, and they gave so much time in, in responding, in between him revealing himself and them actually shooting, that it really just meant that they weren't really like it just doesn't seem like the right way to go in any situation like i could i could have understood it if they'd have immediately opened fire like immediately like just no response you know they're just reacting to the situation but the fact they give him like time enough to kind of you know say a few things and they're like back and forth with it i thought no just if you're gonna shoot the guy shoot the guy but don't do this because this is weird he's already saved the kid yeah, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. They're kind of no. like, what has he done to the child? It's like, no, he just literally got, it out, got him out of the way. You can obviously see that. Yeah, and like you said, Superior has been dispatched to give Bumblebee some backup. Yeah. But then he just bugs out straight away because he gets his message, something has happened, something horrible. Our leader, Optimus Prime, has been assassinated. All Autobots are ordered to return to the Ark at once. And then he yeah. just bugs out. So they're hoping that, obviously, to be honest, when I read this for the first time, I thought it was a ruse and that Prime was going to appear at some point down the line and it was all a plan to, you know, maybe kind of derail the Decepticons or bring them into an, you know, try and lure them into an attack or something. And then I realised, oh, no, he actually died in the comics around this time. So, yeah. 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 And then you get amazing, you get uh, some Hawk goodness, turn the page, and there's Hawk, meanwhile, and he's kissing face. Oh, man. uh, Man. What was that? Well, either you're the world's greatest kisser or something's happened to Power Station Alpha. It can only be one of two things possible. Amazing. I like that when he's just like, she, she opens the door and he's like, well, what a pleasant surprise. Oh, the yeah, pleasure yeah. is all mine, Senator Larkin. Yeah. Uh, Barbara, and to what do I owe this honour? I thought you might be disturbed by what's been going on. I thought maybe I, I feel so much better now that you're here. Come yeah. in, come in. Perhaps you would like a drink. Perhaps. Perhaps. Click. Click. And then it's just like friggin' knocking hawk boots. Yeah, loves it, loves it, amazing. He's absolutely smash-bang-walloping. What a video. Crash! Bang! Wallop! What a video. I think this is... The, one of the reasons I like it it's, is it's so out of character and so non-G.I. Yeah. Joe-ish that that has, for some reason, has a real appeal to me. It's just, it's, I don't know, it's like I a comedy. It's, it's comedy gold, this series, to me. We've never seen Hawk getting his end away before, right? No. One. Two, he's never really been like this personality-wise. So when, you know, womanizer, well, not womanizer, but like, you know, flirtatious, and ladies then going man. into the... I'd say, well, I would say, late. well, it's not really ladies' man, is it? He's just, obviously, they've struck up this relationship. It's quite, you know, that, that can happen. But I'll, there's that one moment where... He's kind of constantly going over his decisions and lamenting the fact that, you know, he's possibly causing this, like the world's almost going to end and it's his fault. And I'm thinking, that's not Hawk. That's not Hawk. I have this page bookmarked, and this is later on in issue three. I'm going to, I'm going to, I've got it now. I'm going to post it up. He's lying on the sofa, got his shoes off. Yeah. And he's got a, he's got a glass of uh, scotch in his hand. Yeah. Why? Why did this have to happen? Everything seemed to be going so well. I guess it was too good to be true. Barbara, how could you do this to me? Wherever you are, and the phone rings. Where, whoever you are, leave me alone. Oh, what's the use? And he answers, hello, yes, uh-huh, I see. So, we nearly destroyed one of the first alien intelligences we've ever encountered. An alien who was only trying to save a young boy's life and warn us of the attempt to abduct Alpha. And all because of my shoot-first, ask-questions-later mentality. 
Send a full force to the location full of the Ark. Full force! That black rock supplied. Be prepared to attack on my command. Then back to Thought Bubble. Ironic, isn't it? An order of force. Must I always act as a soldier first? That's just the way this whole fiasco began. Amazing. There's more. Oh, you want me to... Yeah, keep going. If not for my hasty attack on Bumblebee, I wouldn't have known about the Decepticons and the station wouldn't be in the hands of our enemies. But I don't even know who my enemies are anymore. Oh, Barbara. Oh, Barbara. Incredible. If that's that's not one of your favourite pages in all of comicsdom, then there's something wrong with you. That's straight out of the sun when you got those little comic strips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, The kind of little love comic strips. No, I... um, Oh, I think I think it. it's I think it's uh, it's cool, but it's just it doesn't feel like Hawk to me. No, like no. I feel like Hawk is way more on point than than this kind of all this lamenting love and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, so it's it's weird for me. It's like an odd feeling. I think this I would I'd probably expect this more from say Duke or yeah. maybe even uh, not, I wouldn't say Flint, but maybe well the womanizing aspect I'd expect from Flint. Yeah, but the. Yeah, I don't know, just the kind of, like, the second guessing. And even then, yeah. Duke probably wouldn't do that either. No, but like like you said, I'm happy for this to be an alternate yeah, an alternate universe version totally. of G.I. Joe where they can, they can just be completely out of character. That's, that's more than perfect for me. Did you notice that they used the same, almost the same panel, like, you know, almost identical for when Dr. Mindbender wakes up with no shirt on uh, no. in that c- crossover we looked at not too long ago in the regular comic when... Oh, right. Dr. Mindbender is like brought back to life yeah, yeah. and he wakes up in that room and it's basically the same panel. Like it's a very similar thing. It's like oh, they almost like copied it again, like, you know, homaged it a little bit. Right. My next question is, my, as you're on Mindbender, he's got some crazy helmet that lets him control Power Station Alpha. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You've, you've, said every, you've said everything that needs to be said about that. Yeah. He puts a helmet on and then he can literally concentrate, concentrate, concentrate and drive it wherever he wants, fly it wherever he wants weird in it yeah love it (laughs) just that seems to be a running theme here of we need something to happen let's just say we've got a device that makes it happen (laughs) exactly Um, serpentor is flying an aircraft later and he wants to disable one of the decepticons and he's like i'm just going to push this button which is going to disable your aircraft with with no real explanation of what's happening there you go yeah uh we've got more pages of this kid that no one knows why he's there or what's happening with him. I know, it's just like really just to make sure he lives or not, isn't it? Yeah, but then the Decepticons, so moving the story forward, the Decepticons, they get control. They've they've now captured, or Cobra's captured Power Station. Yeah, Alpha, Cobra's, sorry. A, yeah Cobra. And um, it, yeah. some Decepticons go to Cobra to try and sort of strike a deal uh, with them, join forces. <sighs> they they want, they want this thing. If anyone would, they'd ever, as if they'd ever need to strike a deal. They just go in there and take it back, surely. Yeah. yeah. And Mindbender's got some kind of thing. He's talking to Dirge, and he's got his hand behind his back, and he opens his hand, and some little bug flies out of his hand onto Dirge, and it happens to just be a listening device, yep. I think. Anyway, more scenes. This kid with the brain scan. They're going to pull something out of his head. Uh, no one cares about him, let's be honest. I must admit, the what I've noticed a lot all the way through is there's some interesting colour choices in this one. Like... Yeah, I, did you also know? Did you say that Hawk was smoking a fag as well at the time? No, was he? Yeah, he's still in the first panel where he's drinking that. What when he's kind of drinking, you know, whatever, whatever it is he's drinking, and sitting up with his socks on. You can see he's got a fag in his left hand. Isn't that amazing? And then obviously puts it out at the end on the when he hangs the phone phone up. 
it's a beautiful shot, man. It's like so. It's like something out of Mad Men. Oh yeah, he has. Yeah, of course he has. Yeah, in his left hand. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, brilliant. Oh yeah, and then when he puts the phone down, there's a couple of butts in the ashtray. Yeah, massive, massive smoker. I yeah. never, I never pegged him for a smoker, but now yeah. like it kind of, it kind of matches him. I like the fact that at the beginning of the next issue, we get a recap of what the real danger is here because it says scenario: the end of the world mm. near the western coastlines of this continent. Alpha releases its intense waves, causing great disturbances along sensitive fault lines deep beneath the globe's massive oceans alpha bores beneath the silty floors toward molten interior magma levels in earth's frozen arctic regions alpha concentrates and releases its potent radiation melting the polar ice caps and then basically this is shockwave translator or you know commenting once unleashed its energies will be focused through alpha and beamed across the void of space and basically they're going to transform all this energy back to cybertron somehow and use it to rule cybertron yeah very weak and uh yeah <laughs> whilst just actually destroying the planet and they've they've got this power station alpha now and they've started modding it and uh, they put a big drill head on the front of it and they so they can drill under the ground yeah interesting though i i sent you a picture of this there's an interesting the panel here yeah. of a plane yeah it looks like a it looks like a bat plane almost. It's just the, the the cut of the wing. It really reminds me of the Cobra La planes in the yeah, in the movie. Yes, kind of similar sh- similar shapes. But yeah, I like it. I think it's quite cool looking. It's almost very reminiscent of one of the old uh, Cobra airships in the cartoon as well, especially from the side. Yeah, it, obviously it doesn't. I don't think it appears anywhere else, does it? It doesn't appear in any GI Joe comics. I mean, it's one of those things that I recognise, but I think I just recognise it from this comic. Like I, you know, it might have crept in to some other comics down the road but yeah it's <laughs> down the road we'll see you down the road yeah um not, shockwave not says here you i want you to go and attack the hated autobots and return the solar generator that we need in order to make some necessary adjustments is that something from the transformers comic possibly the solar but generator I, because they've not mentioned it in this comic so far i don't know it well enough to anyway, uh i'd have to read it possibly just making stuff up on the fly which Could is be. quality um <laughs> Omega yeah. Supreme getting involved as well. Omega Supreme getting involved. Good good stuff there. And then we get to the bit where you mentioned Babs Larkin is off and she is meeting someone who you only see her shoulder, her hand, and then like you mentioned, the problem is on the next page you actually see it is Baroness. I really wish they'd they'd you know, managed to put it on the different page. Yeah. I also like the fact that the uh, the shadowy reflection type thing on the guy behind the tree <laughs> yeah, looks like he's Zartan. Oh, well, I was going to say Firefly. But oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I see what yeah, you're Yeah, the thinking. camo does look like Firefly. Yeah, when she sits down, uh, she's gone to the Cavalier, whether that be a restaurant or a cafe, something. She's gone there, and um, the the mystery guest says, "Won't you join me in some tea, Barbara dear?" And Barbara said, "Absolute on the rocks." If you'd be so kind, better make it a double. <laughs> <laughs> a little frazzled around the edges, are we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, brilliant. Hard drinking in the afternoon. Well, she's got a lot of stress on right now, and she's probably yeah. just been absolutely bone gibboned by uh, General exactly. Hawk. But when Hawk does go and knock on her door, uh, she's like, oh, Hawk, what a pleasant surprise. She's like, he's back for more. What, what's wrong? What is it? And then he, he, he gives it to her, doesn't he? He's like, we saw you with the Baroness, and she starts crying. <laughs> what I, is that And then Hawk says, Hawk says, I trusted you. <laughs> I loved you. You were my brother, Anakin. I loved you. What is that panel uh, Where he's of his one eye winking. when he's winking at her? It's so <laughs> weird. Amazing. I I don't understand that particular close-up. In all honesty, like I yeah, I don't get it. But anyway, 
and then later on get him on, on the, on the sofa. But yeah, he's like he's teary eyed, and he's it's because it's just a love story for Hawk, yeah. isn't it? It is basically the whole story is is, is a love story between two. And that's what kind that. of reminded me of the Tom Scioli stuff. It's just it's brilliant. It's so batch crazy. It's brilliant. So earlier in the comic, we're given sky strikers that are basically green, but it's I think it's more laziness than than you know incorrect coloring. I think they just right. they coloured pretty much all of the Joe planes in green, including the tomahawk. And all of the Cobra jets, like, blue, just from a distance. Like, I think they don't, didn't really give a shit. But then you get to the Televiper, and he's, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. literally got all, every, all the blue gear on top, the helmet, the backpack, and then he's wearing green clothes. Yeah. So, fashion, right? Armani, Prada, Versace too. Joe's changed their outfits from black to blue. Duke and Hawk, look, but don't gawk. Changing their kit. Whoa, is that legit? Swapping camo jackets, headgear and boots. It's now neon colours and funky spacesuits. Sci-fi stalker and even Roblox. While Bill, Flint and Muck gave me a shot. So go take a walk if clothes aren't your passion. Because it's comic book talk and lovely G.I. Joe fashion. Don't we get Blaster in green as well? Green and yellow or something? Yeah, he's got all this really... Yeah, it's almost like he's in like a faded colour scheme when you see him at times uh, and it kind of looks very like a tint of green doesn't it sometimes almost to yeah. insinuate that he's in the background as opposed to in the foreground yeah you mentioned Omega Supreme he comes off looking like a right bum because all these Cobras and a couple of Decepticons are attacking the Autobots and Omega Supreme and then Serpentor ends up, here we go, here's the button. Perfect, you've played right into my hands. All I have to do is push this switch to jam your frequencies. The enormous build-up of your own energies will do the rest. And then Dirge, what's this? I tried to fire, but nothing happened. Ah, it blows up. And then, even though all the other Cobras are attacking Omega Supreme, Serpentor says, attention Autobots, as you see, we have eliminated your Decepticon enemy. We represent the Cobra Nation and we mean you no harm. And then uh, we come in peace and offer friendship. And Omega Supreme's like, well, you've got a funny way of showing it. Nevertheless, the Autobots will not fire upon you. So you have no fear. And so he's very easily convinced, Omega Supreme, that yeah. um, all of a sudden, Cobra, oh yeah, these guys, guys are all right. Even though they were attacking me a minute ago, because he shot down a Decepticon, he's okay. Does the helmet change, by the way, that Dr. Mindbender uses? Yes, unless it's a different one, because you are correct. Later on, he puts another helmet on and it is... Oh, completely different, green. isn't it? Yeah, completely different. Anyway, enough of that, yeah. Sorry. Um, back then to there's, there's some bombshell bits where the professor is prodding something. Is that the thing that came out of the kid's head? Yeah. He's prodding it with a scalpel, and bombshell is actually transforming million, uh, you know, not millions, oh, thousands of miles away. So yeah, it's having know. a real effect on him, isn't it, basically? I don't know. That seems strange to have does. shot like a, off a part you... of yourself. That yeah, is... that's going to be that influential yeah. to you as a, as a Transformer. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was an, odd, an odd thing. Yeah, but um, anyway, this Power Station Alpha, it's now been decided that it needs to be destroyed by the US government because they outlined some some things here that's uh, once it releases its dangerous energies millions will perish great cities are leveled great nations will be swept into the seas the sky will erupt in pillars of flame planet earth will die oh that's what shockwave's saying actually but yeah so but the uh, the, the united nations and or the us government know that as well so they're setting out a plan to destroy it yep obviously and then we get I, I i must admit i do there's one splash page coming up in the last issue which i really enjoyed and that was all of the jets and the planes flying into or over that island where it says yes. the decepticons have plenty to keep themselves busy at their home base of operations the combined forces jojo cobra and the autobot transformers i thought it was really cool yeah that's a nice one that's a nice one um so now we've got a big team up and we've got autobots gi joe and cobra all theoretically teaming up against the decepticons to yep. get this power station alpha thing 
And this um, is where we see that new helmet of Dr. Mindbender's. This is where we see uh, Mindbender's shiny helmet. <laughs> um, and we also get uh, we get a bit of, uh, well we get some fashion here so we might as well have a fashion jingle Armani Prada Versace too Joe's changed their outfits from black to blue Duke and Hawk look but don't go changing their kit whoa is that legit swapping camo jackets headgear and boots it's now neon colours and funky space suits sci-fi stalker and even Roblox while Bill Flint and Muck gave me a shot so go take a walk if clothes aren't your passion because it's comic book talk and lovely G.I. Joe fashion what we've got is we've actually got Goldbug which is Yay. kind of a fashion redo of Bumblebee. Yeah. Um, because where he got blasted earlier, not dead, everyone, not dead, just in case you're worried. This is you haven't read this. He gets uh, rebuilt with some modifications. They give him a new face. They give him a new face, yeah. yeah. You have certainly performed beyond the Call of Duty, Bumblebee. About that, Ratchet, I have a request to make. From now on, I'd like a name with a little more dignity, <laughs> one that may result in a little more respect. From this day forward, I will be known as Goldbug. Yeah. And then he wants respect, but two pages later, he's driving Baroness and Scarlet, and they're telling him to speed up, and he goes, hey, I'm already doing multiples of the speed limit. What if someone notices? So, yeah, ain't no one giving you respect, chump. <laughs> um, he's not even willing to speed. Oh, yeah, I've got that page you were talking about now, that with all the flyover, with all the aircraft. That's quality. Yeah. That's where the and construction there's a, there's, comes There's up, some nice aerial battle stuff in there, too. Quite like it. Yeah. I do feel like it. it kind of it doesn't like there's not an impactful end but there's a really crazy again twist so basically you know gi joe and cobra end up stopping the decepticons they dissing or they basically make it so that if when the when the power station alpha is shoots off into orbit when it hits orbit it's going to obliterate it's going to detonate yeah. So they're, they're happy that that's been dealt with. Right, before you move on, I've, I've got a question here. There's an Autobot here, and I don't know who it is. He's in green, and he says, uh, I think it's, who's who's the dude who flies the X-30 Conquest with the Tash? Slipstream. I think that's him. And he says, how can we? We still have our work cut out for us here. And uh, the Autobot goes, no, your aid will no longer be necessary. And then he thinks to himself, Alpha was destroyed without the consent of the Autobots. Can we truly trust any of these humans? Because the Autobots didn't want it destroyed. Or not? I don't know what the Autobots' motive. I don't was. even know where you are. I'm not even Sorry. sure what, what issue page, are we in. I'm the page before the assassination attempt. Oh right, okay. Spoiler Sorry. alert. Spoiler alert. Um, I thought that's where you were going to. That's Blaster, isn't it? I don't know whoever it is, but I'm wondering why he's suggesting that they the, the teams bl- uh, destroyed the. But he's like, Alpha was destroyed without the consent of the Autobots because they they I don't know what their motives were. The Autobots for Power Station Alpha. Because he's like, can we really trust these humans? Well, men, this is it. Spencer Blaster and I have reached an agreement. We speculate that Alpha has been given only limited intelligence and will not be able to detect the approach of a small two-man or woman team while it is already engaged in its pre-programmed activity. Approaching stealthily in a small vehicle, that team consisting of Scarlet and the Baroness will be able to intercept Alpha when it begins its attack upon the San Andreas Fault, according to schedule. Your team will position explosives directly onto Alpha's frame. The explosives will contain automatic detonators, which we will utilise only at such time as we all agree it is absolutely necessary. There you okay. go. All right. That's what that's what it is. They didn't they oh, just they did it they without, did it without the consent. Exactly. Fine. Exactly what he just said. Fine. Yeah. Exactly what he just said, what you just said, and what I read about 30 minutes ago, but forgot. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Okay, fine. Uh, so so uh, let's I get to the important bit. Continue. Yeah. The bit that I was trying to get to about an hour ago yeah. was the fact that, and it even says a few hours later, which is yeah. quite ironic. Yeah. So Hawk is there to obviously collect 
Barb, and she's being led out of, you know, obviously I'm guessing like the safe house or wherever she was being held, maybe the courthouse, I don't know, where, wherever she was. And as she's coming towards the car with uh, you know, these two guys around her, you see the blooming, this uh, rifle sight, you see the crosshair like kind of going around and like zeroing in on her head and then crack and then you see Duke's like screaming face shouting Barbara and then um, something like he says, he shot her. Is she? Is she? She's dead. Yeah, and, and then, then the guys the are the guys are taking Hawk into custody because they think Hawk shot her. That's not Hawk. No, I don't think that's just no. That's someone who shot. That is someone who shot her. That's the guy with the gun that shot her. All oh, right, you reckon? Guns on the floor. He's wearing a hat. Hawk isn't wearing a hat. All right, okay, yeah, I'll give it to you. It's not Hawk. All right, okay. I thought Hawk had been framed up. No, no, she's obviously got someone to shoot him right. to shoot her. Uh, so the I Baroness thought, is there, I thought like, the two hats were the two the hats of the people that were standing either side of. Bunch. Oh no, you're right. It is, but that's not. That's definitely not Hawk. A hundred percent not Hawk because the guns on the ground. He's that's the angle. That's where the shot came from. Like oh, they've run look over. At the, look they've at the run pavement. over and grabbed him. Yeah, look at the pavement, the wall, the direction. The the shots coming from the directly to her left hand side. He Hawk is in front of her. Like, right. they're walking towards Hawk. Okay. That guy is just some random who the Baroness has got to, you know, to shoot, right. shoot her. Okay. Anyway, crazy. Yeah. Let's just have a murder right at the end. And then you see Hawk over her grave at the end. But you also see <laughs> uh, you also see the mom and the kid randomly yeah. again. The kid with the thing he had in his brain. It's so weird, isn't it? Yeah. But, Mom, I'm telling you, I saw it. <laughs> Now, Anthony, I have had enough of this silly talk. How many times have I told you not to exaggerate and go around making up stories? Now, that's the final word on this subject. Oh, okay, Mom, forget about it. Oh, Anthony, I was so worried about you, but everything's worked out just fine. You're your old self again. Overactive imagination and all. Everything's back to normal. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Just three panels that weren't required that are fantastic. And then, like you said, Hawk's kind of visiting Babs's grave, you know, laying down a rose and thinking of what might have been, and it ends with Finney. I actually was wondering about this. Mine one ends with the end, so that's interesting, isn't it? We must have different... um, What are you reading them in? I think I'm reading the G.I. Joe, the Action Force, and UK Transformers version. Okay, I am reading... Reprinted. I'm reading uh, Mark Seddon's bind of Action Force Monthly... Which I didn't realise oh. he had put that the the trade oh, of brilliant. this series in the back. Yeah, so I've, I must have like it's got an whatever we got cover. in the UK, like the holiday specials or something. I don't know. Um, in any case, I had a look at issue one fifteen where we saw Hawk's watch with a woman's name on it. Um, thing, you know, do you remember that one? Oh, where yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Don't see, like, tell me it's Babs Larkin. No. Oh, so I was, I was really hoping it would say Barbara or Babs or Barbs on it and anything like that. But no, it's Roxy that's written on that. Uh, and boo. I was just thinking, I wonder if they were here. And then I, I just had this thought, I better check that to see if it says Barb. No, it doesn't. So Hawk is a bit of a ladies' man. He's got a few on the go by the, by the sounds of things. Yeah, and they all know. end up dying. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Never get involved with Hawk. No, no. That said... What do we think overall impressions of this and what's your yo-joage? So, I mean, overall, I mean, there are positive aspects to the story, but it's, I don't know, for me, I found it a bit boring and a bit text-heavy right. for a okay. Joe Transformers crossover. I just thought it was, like, like overly explaining shit that didn't need explaining. I thought that there was a lot of, I don't know, just it, 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 was, a, it was a bit of a, a slog for me to get through. Okay. And... 
I, I maybe a lot of it's due to, due to the fact that I didn't have that original. I didn't read it originally, so I don't have any kind of nostalgic connection to it necessarily. So. I don't have that extra element to enjoy from it of kind of you know taking me back to that that time but I I so I was looking at it purely from you know an adult perspective and I just I really did not get into it no. I felt like it was a little bit weak in terms of the storyline um I thought the you know the whole project alpha thing was was so what's you know it just didn't seem like it was any point to it like okay so you know it gets destroyed or whatever but like as if they wouldn't be able to make that again like as if that couldn't be built again yeah. like you have the f-ing, the means like you know how it's done like it's not like these it's i've always found that funny in comics and movies where there's like a macguffin and it's always like you know we need to destroy this otherwise the world is over then well who's stopping who's stopping anyone from making another one like you know the brainwave scanner constantly gets f-ing built again the death star's <laughs> always getting built again Who's going to, you know, and, and that's in, I don't know. So I just found that kind of a bit contrived. Um, I've just expected more action. It, it just moved slowly. And considering the huge amount of subject matter that can be explored with both brands, yeah. I just thought it was surprising that we got this really unrelated plot with like a number of weird avenues going down it. Like it didn't feel like G.I. Joe Transformers as much as it felt like Hawk versus Barbara. Yeah. So what does that equate to? That's just that's just me. I'll I'll throw in a, a high six. A high six. Um, like I said, I think this is one of my top twenty all time. I could happily go back and read that again right now. Amazing. I think just the the lunacy of the issues, and I think when I read issue one, I was on the verge of yeah this is going to be pretty poor and then it kind of back end of one and from then on to the end of four it was just like comedy genius whether intentional or not i don't know um, maybe i'll give michael higgins the benefit of the doubt and he he was playing us all for fools in that this is was a work of comedy but um i don't know i just it's, it's an eight for me i would say that the 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 most interesting parts of the comic are revolve around hawk and barbara larkin and the reveal that the Baroness is involved with, you know, Cobra's involved with Barb's, yep. and then they ass- assassinate her at the end. I mean, I, I was the first of all the, the Baroness one. I was like, oh, cool! Like she's not just a character just thrown in for the sake of it. There's actually a point here, and it, it kind of tie, you know, it's all entangled in this like interesting kind of power play. And then she gets assassinated. I was just like, whoa! Like, I mean, you know, pretty obvious things nowadays like that's the the first thing you go to now the first thing you expect with a character like this is that they're going to die in some way shape or form but no i really uh i really like that aspect of it but in terms of the transformers and gi joe element i don't know just it didn't feel very very good to be very natural fair fair we will be covering all the other gi joe transformers crossovers as and when we get to them and i will be hard pressed to think there'll be a better one than this for me personally but anyway we shall see Right now, though, I want to hear about toys, and you're the man. Chris talks about toys, ho, ho. Chris talks about G.I. Joe. He talks about all the things from the comic book and the animated show. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Am I? Am I really? Well, this, this, <laughs> a, it's a vicious rumour. Okay, so I've I've fast forwarded again into the two thousands, and we're going to start with twenty eleven's SDCC exclusive 
Cobra Commander and Starscream Sky Striker. So um, I'm actually going to be discussing, I'm actually going to be talking about all of the SDCC exclusive figures because they did a run that literally, like the box art was the covers for what would have been five, six, seven, and eight of this uh, recurring Transformers Jojo crossover. So Uh picking up at the end of this issue we've just talked about. Um, Just just very quickly, SDCC is what, San Diego Comic-Con? San Diego Comic-Con, yeah. Fine, fine. So they pick up from the last issue that we just covered and the first like the box art is a, is basically really cool it's like it's like done like a comic cover and you've got um hawk up in the corner firing him with his fist up in the air uh, you've got issue 5 an sdcc written on it and then you've got gi joe and the transformers logo gi joe and transformers together in one awesome vehicle and it's a big face picture of starscream in the background clouds all around it and then the sky striker as as Starscream being piloted by Cobra Commander, kind of like zooming out the front of the uh, the picture, and then there's another Sky Striker underneath it. The actual toy was wicked. It was a Sky Striker repainted, and it came with the decals for you know making it Starscream basically. So it has like this orange cockpit. It has the kind of off white kind of grey uh, body color scheme, and then obviously the uh, the kind of bluey the bluey. Uh, tail fins and everything and, and all the deco that you can put on it decepticon stickers and all the you know just to make it like starscream effectively uh the cobra commander figure that came with it was brilliant it was effectively cobra commander's head on uh i think the ace body that had just been out uh, that had just been out with the with the sky striker release so that was really cool and he also came with a mini megatron gun which was brilliant so it was like a tiny little pistol accessory nice. for the cobra commander which was basically megatron um so yeah that was really awesome then following that the second year in 2012 uh, san diego comic con did it again and this time they went with a shockwave hiss tank and it was the hiss tank like the modern version that had again just been released around that time destro in like this really cool kind of get up he was basically using a dusty cobra trooper and the techno viper parts to make this destro uh, figure and it looks amazing so that was really cool and also the coolest part about the whole set uh was the battle android trooper but in constructicon colors nice. which was just amazing they called it the constructicon bat and it's beautiful um and yeah there was other really cool accessories with it as well like a um it was like like this kind of little trolley that you could put like different i think energon on it but the the in like what they used were back in the day we had this mass device elements that were used from the gi joe miniseries and that was like the figure for it so they just repainted that to make them look like energon cubes which was really awesome like it was a really cool set again and the cover was really nice again the box art was another comic cover issue six had snake eyes this time in the top hand corner uh, saying the same things again but then on on the cover you've got shockwave in the background and then you've got the hiss tank bursting through again the front with destro riding it and all the constructor combats behind him it's brilliant um again we started to get used to this and in 2013 they did it again it was another it was another friggin sky striker but this time jetfire it was repainted as jetfire he added these other elements that like this amazing kind of like drone section that kind of comes with it that locks onto the back of the sky striker uh, and it was just honestly it's just brilliant so we got a jetfire and also hound which was a repainted vamp and the figures we'd also got figures with the set as well including 
the Baroness with Ravage on a leash, which is just amazing. Bludgeon, which was a repainted Budo figure, like uh, but with given like a skull face, yep. uh, which is inc- again amazing. Uh, Snake Eyes version sixty six. I think we had green trousers, and obviously, like I said, Autobot Hound, which was a repainted Vamp. And I think we also got a little. Yeah, I tell a lie on the. Not, I didn't tell a lie. But on the previous set, you also got a mini sound wave with cassettes, and in this one, you got blaster with cassettes. So they were really going overboard with the accessories on this one. So tiny little, like you know, tape decks basically that they repainted as shock, uh, sound wave and, and yep. blaster. Uh, beautiful. And then we had to wait then for about three years before we got the next instalment, and. I remember like the news dropping on, I think it was Chi- one of the Chinese websites, I think it was Taobao, or somewhere like that, leaked images of these f- vehicles coming out, and everyone was like, oh, that's got to be Powerglide, and you know, it's, it's got to be for, you know, for the SDCC, and it was, it did turn out to be Powerglide. A repainted Rattler in, in like that kind of burgundy, kind of reddy colour, uh, with the silver accents, absolutely gorgeous repaint of the Rattler. Uh, it came with Pilot Scarlet in um, kind of like a, you know, yellow and, and I think it was like a dark blue or black colour scheme. I can't remember off the top of my head, but she came with that. Also, we got a another Hiss tank. This time it was a Hiss 2 repainted and retooled as Soundwave, which was pretty, pretty neat as well. So um, we also, and in that set was a Zartan version 23, and he was basically, well, I think the Renegade Zartan, again, redecoed a little bit. And yeah, so and, and that cover was pretty gorgeous as well. Um, having a, like a look at that one, that was issue eight, and obviously had in the top left hand corner had Zartan and Soundwave, and you had the power, you had Powerglide and, and Soundwave fighting in the background, like kind of in in almost like a a different scene, and then the two vehicles like just shooting out the front again, all guns blazing. So yeah, so they finally completed that for the san diego sets and we got our full run of you know eight issues uh eight box uh, kind of four box sets of giorgio transformers crossover vehicles this is yeah very very cool very awesome and uh we'll look i'll be looking again at more transformer giorgio crossover stuff because uh, we have had a lot of it from the club mainly yep. um in later issue uh, episodes where we look at other crossover stuff good stuff excellent you own all those i imagine i do yes of course um, I actually got one as a present from Daryl DePriest from Hasbro. Daryl DePriest and Mark Webber sent me two of them, wow. believe it or not, because they, that's how they come shipped. They were the, they were boxed in ah, like a okay. shipping box of two, so for, for retailers, and they sent me that as a present. Isn't I that guess nice they they sound like they're pricey. Uh, they were about they were in the like a hundred range, I think, um, when they first came out, and they probably they've probably creeped up, crept up now on the secondary market. But for the most part, they weren't too bad when they first came out. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. More toys next episode. I won't say next week because we might have a week off, but next episode. In all our excitement, mainly my excitement, to get to this series, we forgot to go inside Jeep's mind. Ah. That's the weakest one you've ever done. It's like really sick. Yeah, I feel weak. I'm going to keep this brief. Um, People... Who done are playing table tennis at work? Okay, you can stop there if you want. No, 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 because I want to play table tennis at work, and I rock up to the table, and there's a couple of people playing. 
me and whoever I've decided to give a whooping to this, this time out have, have come up to the table waiting to play and um, they kind of look to see that we're there so they acknowledge that we're waiting so we're just chatting by the table blah 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 they play and then they finish a the game then they swap ends they play again then they swap ends they play again and then they swap ends they play again and I'm like what, what do we have to do to get these f- off the table and then eventually they kind of shrug their shoulders and go oh did you want to play I'm like why do you think we're standing there with bats in our hands chump wow and off they go so what I do is when I'm on I the table I take you don't know everybody at work then yeah, well, no, I don't know everyone at work, but these, apart from these idiots. But when I'm on the table playing, if I see someone come up to play, I'll say to them, we're in the first set, we're playing a best of three, to give the guys an idea about how long they might have to wait or totally. not wait. But um, yeah. anyway, there you go, that's, that, that's it, ran over. People, people who don't explain how long they're going to be. That, you can just put it down to just being polite and courteous, yeah. can't yeah. you, really? Exactly, exactly. Um, but from... From inside my mind, we'll go to confusing people with my mind because it's time for some British colloquialisms, aka over egging that pudding. We got a pudding, we're gonna egg it. We got a pudding, we're gonna over egg it. We got a pudding, we got no criticisms. That means it's time for some British colloquialisms. You go first this time. No, you go first this time. Okay, I'll go first this time. Uh, okay. This one actually happened while I was playing table tennis against someone, and it's something is that it the I, C word? It's something I said <laughs> to someone. They were, I think they were two sets to nil against me in a best of five, and I came back to win 3-2, and I basically said, oh, mate, you bottled it. Nice. Um, I don't know if that is a saying in the States. It could be another saying over here, if you bottle someone, that is obviously where you crack them over the head with a bottle, but to bottle it is to basically crumble or as i say another one actually i say to my general opponents is oh mate you're crumple stiltskin um, <laughs> i'd say that all the time crumple stiltskin um or i call him a buckle uh, merchant yeah. i know it's one that you you actually used one earlier that um you probably didn't realize but okay. when you meant said that you had the lurgy oh yes yeah that's is a that british a, colloquialism yeah. lurgy yeah. yeah as in ill illness being sick yeah what have you got so my one is uh, one that, again, I actually, I have used this recently. And again, I got looks of like, what are you talking about? And it's the word nout. It's nout. one that my dad would use because he's obviously from Manchester originally. Yep. And it's a northern saying. Uh, and it just, you know, means nothing effectively. Yeah. Nout. That, well, I mean, it, it means the word nothing, not <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So nout uh, there was there was also a uh, an ad an advert an advertising uh, thing ages an advert years ago where they would say uh, with nout taken out and yeah. I can't remember what it was for was it no. bread yeah it might have been Allison's Allison's bread now here is a short recitation about a man who won fortune and fame by making a right special flower. Tom Allinson, that was his name. For just after the Industrial Revolution, all but he were for bread white as snow. The thought it were purer than oatmeal. But young Tom in a loud voice said, No, no white bread's all right, that I'll grant you. But you've taken away some of clout. Oatmeal's better all told for young people, because it's bread that's had nout taken out. And now, over hundred years later, it's been proved beyond reasonable doubt to a Tom Allinson's thoughts that were proper and bread's better. We're now taken out. Allison's bread, we're now taken out, yeah. So, yeah, so it was part of the Allison's advertising campaign, we're now taken out, yeah. to basically say we don't take anything out of it. And obviously because they're from up north, 
so yeah, that's mine. Nout. Couple of good ones that week. Couple of good ones that Absolute week. Absolute stonkers, yeah. We will close the show out, as we always do, with... Cheap ass Chris a question. Cheap ass Chris a question. What'll he say? What'll he do? Cheap ass Chris a question. So we have witnessed here a G.I. Joe Transformers crossover. Yes. We have seen other G.I. Joe Transformers crossovers. Yes. What other licensed brand would you like to see G.I. Joe crossover with? I always thought a really good a really good fit for G.I. Joe would be especially in a time where war is not like a you know it's not looked upon like it was back in the 80s for example you know people it's a little bit more kind of like a hot topic you know I'm not sure many parents will want kids buying war toys etc etc yep. so I always thought like late you know kind of a more modern, more modern aspect they could in- introduce like inhumanoids <laughs> Have you ever heard of Inhumanoids before? Yes, yeah. Not that familiar, but aware of, yes. So obviously like big monsters, effectively. So they're, you know, fighting that kind of... That becomes that. That becomes the angle that G.I. Joe utilised for. And obviously they're in in the same Sunbow universe. So, you know, in terms of cartoons and stuff, it wouldn't have been beyond the Thunderdome to uh, to go with that but I've always thought Inhumanoids made a really good crossover for G.I. Joe G.I. Joe has been crossed over with a lot of things over the years and I just I kind of just like the thought of them utilising the other in-house brands at Hasbro or the, or the brands that Hasbro used to have because we did like a whole run of episodes from the Full Force called the Alternative Combined Universe and also the Combined Universe where we looked at like Mask Obviously, they've crossed over with Mask already and Visionaries and Transformers and all that kind of stuff. So we, we looked at a lot of that stuff. And then just recently, we've been looking at Cops and Street Fighter 2 and Mortal Kombat and all the other stuff that they may have crossed over with or is kind of in the same universe loosely, you know. So I yep. would love to see those kind of um, crossovers where, you know, like Cops, Inhumanoids, uh, Zoids, um, anything like that where you, you know that there's a there's some sort of kind of six degrees of kevin bacon already attached to it yeah yeah cool good stuff good stuff still plenty of time for that to happen let's make it happen somehow so like we said um we will be taking a week off next week to recharge the batteries refresh replenish etc you'll have a a week cough yeah probably and um we'll be back the following week doing a action force monthly aka european missions special we'll be covering i think we're going to do all the whole run yeah hell yeah all right yep so i think that's 16 issues possibly 15 if 15 issues that's what i said 15 issues and if try and get hold of those issues if you can i don't know how easy they are to get hold of but um if you want to read along that's your best bet you can always go on blood for the baron and read them there blood oh they're on blood for the baron are they yeah but then they're not they're not separated as necessarily as comics it's story uh, comic stories yeah fine that's perfect go to bloodforthebaron.com or .co.uk wherever it is and check that out great website and then in the new year we'll be back uh, a little bit of rebranding a bit of jiggery pokery and 
we might even be on a new feed so um, if you are a subscriber to the show we hope you are you might just need to resubscribe to a new feed but we'll give you all the details you require in plenty of time for that so well not knowing you it'll be the last second yeah yeah again this week i came on the show and i said i'm ready and then he he plugged his headphones in and i said actually i'm not ready so uh, you might get details (laughs) at least a week later than you actually need them but um stick with us spread the word uh, where can the fine people find you, sir, if they want to get in touch with you? You can find me, Diagnostic80, on Twitter and Instagram uh, as Diagnostic80. And you can find the Full Force podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and Patreon. Yeah, good stuff. You can get me on Cheapy Two Shoes on Twitter. You can get this show on Talking underscore Joe on Twitter, Talking Joe Comics on Instagram, Comics at gmail.com or Talking Joe, a G.I. Joe podcast on the book of face and speaking of uh, the email we've got another email from sam myers i we do have your no prize it is going to be in the post to you soon and he actually was chatting to me on email about um, 2000 ad because i've mentioned it and you've mentioned it a few times on the pod and he wasn't even aware of it so i gave him some recommendations of 2000 ad strips to read and i actually forgot to include one of my all-time favorites which is nikolai dante so sam if you're listening i know you are um check out nikolai dante i think it's like an 11 volume trade series and it is uh, up there with the very best comics ever written so check shout out. out to sam mize as well he's also a patreon or a patron of the full force podcast so big shout out to sam top man, top man. very um, supportive yeah <laughs> um and with all that said and done you can catch us down the road cheo Thank you.